0: Well, I've entitled this morning's message "Living Stones." How many of you guys know that you are a living stone, that you are actually created and designed by God to be fitted together with other people to make the temple of the Holy Spirit, to make the temple of God, to make the church? God actually has a purpose and a place for you. And the reality is, is that how many of you guys want the church to be strong? How many know that if we want the church to be strong, each of us has to be doing our part? Each of us has to be able to, to, to do what God has called us to do as we fit together to make the, the church operate as God intended it to operate. We all have a role to fill. And the truth is, is that collectively, not just the pastor, not just the worship team, not just the people that are helping in the back, but collectively, we are the body of Christ. And we all have a part to, and, a, and a role to play and, and a, a part to fulfill in that body. And today, the whole purpose of today's message is, one, I want to show you what the Scripture says about it, but two, I want to encourage you to step out in what God has called you to do. Because God has something for you to do. You were made for a purpose. You all were destined for great things, each and every single one of you. Amen. So let's go ahead and get started. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12-13, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. We were all made to be part of one body. And the thing about a body because the body has a bunch of different parts. And they're all designed to work together. When I first started studying this Scripture many years ago, I began to, to look at, well, he's talking about a body. Why did, you ever wonder why, why God sometimes uses these simple things for us to understand? The body of Christ. He could have made up a new word. But instead, he, he likened it to something that we understand. And today, we even understand much more so than at this time how complex the body really is. Do you know there's over 12 major organ systems in the body? In addition to that, there's the circulatory system, there's the digestive system, the endocrine system, the, uh, the external sensory structures, like your eyes, your ears, your, your, uh, your lips and your nose. You have the, the internal sensory structure, which is like the stuff inside the eyeballs that lets you see. That's a complicated thing that we can actually see stuff. That's pretty amazing that God created something like that, that we're able to see. But there's so many systems, the muscular system, the skeletal system, and they all work together. They all work together to form form a body that operates the way God intended it to do. And if any part of that body isn't working the way it's supposed to, then you start to have issues. You start to have problems. And anybody that, that has a part of their body that doesn't work quite as it should understands this. That when the stuff doesn't work together properly, you start having uh, issues. It's Th- a simple stuff. A few years ago, I decided to see if I could go faster over my handlebars than staying on the seat on my bike, and I, I I I separated my shoulder. Like it's it's fun. I can show you this bone here. My clavicle doesn't attach anymore because all the ligaments and the ligament capsule ripped. And turns out those don't grow back. So if anybody guys were here when I was going through that, you'll remember. Uh, me having to wear a sling, and and I tried not to show it too much. The first time I I was up here preaching, uh, trying to hold this, and and just just holding something as light as my tablet. By the end of it, you guys didn't know it, but I was ready to cry. I was in so much pain with my shoulder with just holding this, and I began to realize that that hey, those ligaments there were there for a reason. They were there for a purpose. And even today, even though I've got full mobility back and I think I've got most of my strength back, there's still times that I'll I'll move the wrong way and I'll feel that bone grind against another one because it's not where it's supposed to be. And the reality is, is this goes for any part of your body. How many of you know if we get a little bit a little more exaggerated that if you're missing your legs, it's it's hard to walk. If you're missing your arms, it's hard to smack your children. just so you know he told me i'm allowed to use them in my sermons i asked him he said whenever i wanted the truth is is that every part of the body is designed and intended to function together you have a little bitty a tiny thing inside your ear that if it's not working right you can't stand up a thing in your ear It's all designed to work together. And the thing is, is that when you join a body, you don't just kind of get to to, to be partway part of it. The whole purpose of being a body, that's why he says right here that that we were baptized into one body. You guys know what it means to to be baptized? The Greek word baptized actually means to dip or to sink. Another translation says to to be whelmed is to baptize. You see, and that's the thing is that when we get born again, when we're saved, we're actually dipped or submerged, fully inserted into the body of Christ. And the picture of what that looks like when you're talking about baptism or overwhelming is this idea of of a cloth being put into a vat of dye. And they would take the cloth and they were going to dye the cloth. They would put it into the dye and they'd fully submerge it. And you know what happens when when that happens? It fuses with the dye. It becomes one. You can't wash the color out of it. It actually becomes one. It becomes one thing. We're all part of the body of Christ just like that. And it doesn't matter where you came in from. It doesn't matter if you were rich. It doesn't matter if you were poor. It doesn't matter uh, what race you are, what sex you are. It doesn't matter if you're fast or slow, skinny, fat. It doesn't matter about any of that stuff. You're fully implemented into the body of Christ. And God has a place for you. And as members of the body, we have one purpose. And that's to fulfill the will of the head of the body which is Jesus Christ. Much like in our physical body, we understand that your brain, your mind, is what tells your body to do what it's supposed to do. And anytime your body doesn't... Anybody ever slept on their arm and they wake up and it's not working and you're like trying to get it to do something and it won't? When you're not doing what God called you to do, that's basically what you're doing to the church. God has a purpose for you. He wants you to do something and you're over here tingling, doing this. (laughs) Instead of serving God like you're supposed to. That's why that everything that we do in the church here is intended to further the kingdom of God. Sometimes it doesn't work out how it's supposed to. We're always trying to improve to make this a better environment where people feel welcome and comfortable so they can come in. You know, we're trying to upgrade some more musical stuff. Didn't work out so great today. But how many know that even this system is all designed to work together? And when this little piece here, I think this is what happened, my USB adapter died, everything that attached together stopped working we had a bunch of awkward silence. And I needed somebody to step up and start telling jokes, but nobody stood up. Because her hands still work so she can smack her kids. <laughs> she needs those parts. Hallelujah. But everything that we do, everything that we do in the body of Christ has one goal, and that's to fill the will of Christ. And the will of Christ is that none should perish, but all should come to the Lord. We want to see people saved. So we we turn the lights down in here a little bit so people feel comfortable singing. We turn the volume up a little bit so people feel comfortable singing. They feel welcome. They feel safe. They feel encouraged. So that when they come in, we try to do everything with excellence. We don't usually have stuff just quit in the middle of horseship. We try to do it with excellence because we want people to come in and have no reason to leave. At least no earthly reason. If they're going to leave, it's going to be in their own head. They're not going to be able to say it's because the bathrooms were dirty or because the the worship was terrible. They might say it's because the preaching was terrible, but that's all right. I'm working on it. I'm getting better every day. Hallelujah. Everything from greeting at the front door, from making sure that the place is clean, from the outreach that we do, we talked about he talked about this uh, eliminate hunger, such an easy way for you guys to get involved in, and actually make a difference in somebody else's lives. There are people that need that food, and it's so simple actually that it's a, it's a couple hours of your time, and you make a huge impact in somebody's lives. And that's what we want to do as the body of Christ. And we have to have everybody working together to be effective. When nobody shows up to the outreach, it's hard to hand food out. When we don't have enough members on the, on the worship team, when people are sick, it gets real light. When we don't have people to clean the church, uh, trust me, you'll know if it doesn't get done. So we all have to work together to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. This church, Living Hope Marana, in the city of Marana, amen? amen. <laughs> Romans 12, 4-8 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we though many are, only, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Key point. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith in service and our serving, that's what we're talking about today actually is in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity and the one who leads with zeal and the one who does acts of mercy With cheerfulness. Did you know if we all had the same gifts, if we all did the same thing, if we all looked to life, it would be a pretty poor body indeed? I mean, could you imagine an entire body made out of arms or noses or even grosser tongues? Where is a body made out of tongues? Nobody would want to hug that. It would be a crazy, if we were all the same thing, it would just be a mess. That's the stuff horror movies are made of, right? The body's supposed to look a certain way, it's supposed to operate a certain way. It's supposed to, to have the functions in a certain manner. And the truth is is that each and every one of us was, was giving a gift, according to the measure of God's grace, which is unlimited. We're each given a gift, and the truth is, we each are given more than one gifts. More than one gifts, more than one gift. <sighs> Multiple giftesses we have. <laughs> gift eye. Multiple gift eye. We'll go with that. <laughs> you guys have multiple gift eye available to be attributed to the body, to be used in the body. And the thing is, the stuff you might not even, not even know about or that you don't even think about. Are you, are you, are you organized? Well, we can use that to help out with the, the books and the, the, the bookkeeping and financial stuff. Are you creative? You know, one of the things on that list, we need photographers. We need people to be able to, to help us with, with graphic design you know one of the things that this morning i was i was telling i don't know who i was telling but i said i was all today. i just felt like i was behind the whole morning and the problem is, is because i have to do so much I'm the one that, that makes sure the projector uh, slides get put together and, and people are stepping up and I'm doing less and less, but I still have so much. I have to make all the graphics. I have to make sure the stuff's ready to go. Get the music ready to go. Get the, make sure my message is ready to go. Make sure we're ready for communion and offering. And, and some of it I, I get to say, uh, Michelle, please help. And she takes care of a lot of it. But the truth is she's got a lot to do too and we're, we're running around with chickens with their head cuts off instead of actually doing what we're called to do which is to invest in the body of Christ, to invest in you guys. And, and we need help for that stuff. And you've been gifted in areas you probably don't even know to be able to help out in those areas. And the truth is, is, is your value is not based on your gift. Your value is, the value of the gift is based on how you use it you can be the most incredible singer with the voice of an angel but if you're not willing to use it to serve god what's the point that's what you were given it for anyway it doesn't do any good if it's not up here helping lead people into worship the truth is is that the the we need to be faithful with what god has given us and you want to know what else it also doesn't mean that you only work in your gifted area too The truth is, is that we're all servants first. You know, we we need to. the 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 reality is, is that that personally, I want somebody that's going to be faithful. I'll take faithfulness over talent any day of the week. If I if I can count on you to be here, that's what I'm looking for. But if you have a if you're an amazing guitar player, but I can only wonder if you're going to show up once a month, then that becomes a problem. But if I can get someone that can kind of play the guitar, we can, we can make it okay, but he's here every week. I'm going to take that person every time. But well, what about someone that, that uh, I just need someone to, to help man the coffee station, or to, I need someone to clean the church today. Will you step up? Will you serve? In whatever way is necessary, because we're servants first. And the truth is is that and if anybody's been in ministry for a long time or been in church for a long time, they know this, but sometimes... In obedience, we do things that we don't really want to do. Truth be told, sometimes I don't even want to come to church. Wake up in the morning, everything's crazy, but in obedience, I still come. Which is good, because you guys would be confused. So, but, uh, you know, I go through the same stuff each and every one of you guys go through as well. When, even right now, when you're thinking, man, I want to help, but I'm so busy. The truth is, can I be honest with you guys? You guys have no idea what busy is no idea come live in my shoes or my wife's shoes for a week or two and then you'll walk back and go hey this ain't half bad at all but the truth is is that god gives us strength to accomplish what he has us to accomplish what he wants us to do and god will do the same thing for you he'll give you strength he'll give you rest he'll give you endurance Man, we're never going to get through all of this in time. 1 Corinthians 12, 14-19 says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose... And if all were single, if all were a single member, where would the body be? You know. Once again, just to re- reiterate, no part of the body is less valuable than another, and there's no part uh, of service that is less valuable, and it doesn't make you any less part of the body of Christ. The person that is running the sound booth is just as much a valid part, an essential part of the body, as the one up here preaching the message. Every part is important and they all work together. And we each have a role to play. I want you to know that God has designed a role for each and every person in this room to be a part of the body of Christ. And it's not static. Like I said, one day you might be an eye, one day you might be a nose, one day you might be the bottom of a foot. But the truth is, God has you there so that the body can be effective. And the truth is, we need one another. In 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 20-26, as he continues on, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I want you to keep that in mind if you think you're in one of those parts that, that isn't up on the stage, it's not in the limelight. The truth is, is that you are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with, great, with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. There is no part of the body that can function without the other. And if all the parts aren't functioning together, the end result is ultimately the body will die. The person cleaning the toilets is no less valuable than the pastor. Jesus said the first shall be last. And the last will be first. When I used to work in restaurant, that was my first job I ever had, I was a dishwasher. And, uh, hmm? Did I push my glasses up? Yeah, I forget sometimes wearing contacts. context. I was a dishwasher my first job ever had was a dishwasher I worked at JB's restaurant in Cervista, Arizona and uh if you've ever worked in a restaurant matter of fact you probably don't have to work in a restaurant to know that that is the lowest of the low positions because not only do you typically get to wash the dishes but you're also the one that cleans the bathrooms and uh, I can assure you that restaurant bathrooms are much worse than the bathrooms here at the end of service and uh lowest job in the place nobody wanted to be a dishwasher that's how you got in the door but you were trying to get out of there as fast as possible but the thing was is that when i finally became a cook and i i cooked in um, plenty of different restaurants i always felt it when the dishwasher wasn't there because how many know that you can't serve food if there's no clean plates if there's no clean silverware if you need pots and pans you look over wondering where the dishwasher is they turn out that they're indispensable This this member that nobody cares for, that that nobody thinks is worth anything, all of a sudden, if they're not there, they can shut an entire restaurant down. Somebody's got to get back there and do it at some point. And we should recognize that there are those areas in the church when you don't see people moving. When you don't see what's actually going on. You guys uh, probably don't know this, but... Monique right now is the one she's the treasurer on our board of directors there's two parts of the church there's the legal side that we have to deal with in the the city and the state and then there's the 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 theology the the ecclesiastical side i guess would be the right way to say it that that we have our leadership structure for that as well but she's the treasurer on the board of directors and she's the one that maintains all the accounting right now which is why i want somebody to help out with that because she does accounting she does the youth she does worship she's she's like like michelle and i we have so much stuff going on that 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 we're going insane but Uh, she does all that. She makes sure that that stuff gets done. Her and I work together on that and you don't even know it. It's one of those things that, that you don't see but it has to get done. And there's so many areas like that. But the truth is, is that if we all step up to do our part and we begin to operate as one, we will all succeed together. No one will get burnt out. No one will get overwhelmed. The truth is is that as we continue to grow, my, my, my dream, my, my vision would be that everybody would fill out some of those, those check boxes, and then we would have the opportunity to have it where you just work in the sound booth one Sunday a month. So then you can actually worship and be involved in what's going on out right here. You're only back there once a month. Someone running the projector, once a month. If you're, if you're in children's church, you're just back there once a month. But for that, in order for that to happen, we all have to step up and do our part. Because right now we may just have a couple people that do it, and, and the reality is, is if we don't have somebody there, somebody calls in or they can't make it, it ends up being Michelle filling in. And you would be surprised how often she's back there. We need each other to be effective. Otherwise, we get burnt out and run down. And the truth is, is that as a body, when one member suffers, we should suffer together. If one member's honor, we rejoice together. We don't worry about what the other person is doing thinking they have more honor, but instead we rejoice with them for what they get to do. And then as a body, as we we struggle together, we, we do it together instead of individually. And as you come to him, in 1 Peter 2, 4-5, he says, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as, spiritual, as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You guys familiar with the concept of the cornerstone or the foundation stone? For those of you who aren't, the idea is, is that particularly back then, you know, when they didn't have laser levels and all of that good stuff, they would find one corner and they would make that the cornerstone. That was the foundation that the rest of the house, the rest of the building, the rest of the temple, whatever they were building was based on that. And that had to be perfectly square what you wanted because if it was crooked, if you wanted the building to work like, like this, you know, as a square like this, but it got twisted and the walls ran the wrong way, it was all based on that first stone. And Jesus Christ is referred to as our cornerstone. He's a living stone. He was rejected by men, but in the sight of God, He was considered chosen and precious. In Ephesians 2, 19-21, He says, And you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus Himself being the cornerstone. This is what uh, uh, Jesus... (laughs) <laughs> said to to uh, to Peter, he said, Simon Peter, in Matthew 16, 16-18, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Many have claimed that they're saying that the, the church is going to be built on Peter, but that's actually not what's talking about there. He says that, the, the realization of who He is, that He is the Christ is what the church is going to be built on. He says, I, yeah, you are Peter, but I'm Jesus, and I'm the cornerstone of what this church is going to be built on. He says, I will build my church. He's the cornerstone. He's the foundation. But we're living stones being butted up against Him to build the body of Christ. You guys... Heard much about when the temple was being built in the, in the Old Testament? Some very interesting things. If you didn't know, one of the rules was there could be no tools being used on the side of the temple. Which makes building something difficult, I imagine. But uh, So what they would do is they would take their measurements and they would go down to the rock quarry and they would fashion the stones at the rock quarry and bring them up. And they've, they've, they found these stones, when they look at them, they were built to such precise measurements that when they were fitted together, you couldn't even slide a piece of paper through the crack. They were fitted, they were, they were so precise, the stones of the temple. And the reality is, is that's how you were built, by God. You are put together in such a way that when you slide into where God has you put into place, you're fitted together perfectly. You can't even put a piece of paper through there. You are doing what God called you to do. And the problem is, is that when we don't step into what God wants us to do, then you have a, a, a wall with a big hole inside of it. And you have the other stones. They're trying to, to cover it you know, a little bit. They're trying to, to fit in and do those things. But the problem is there's a hole if you don't step into what you're called to do. We're all called to fit together in a certain way. God knew you before the foundation of the world. He knew you before you were knitted together in your mother's womb, and He put you together in such a way that you would accomplish His purpose in His body. He knew your place. He knew you were going to be here. This is not a surprise that you're sitting here this Sunday morning in Living Hope Family Church in Morana. God knew you would be here, and He has something for you to do. Amen? Because the truth is that you were created for His glory. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship. whose." God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, many people get this confused. Good works don't save you. You can't do anything good enough to be saved. Salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ and the free gift that He gave you. Nonetheless, out of that, the result of you being saved, the result of you being made brand new, the result of you being a new creature is that you would do good works. Because that's what you were created for. In Christ Jesus for Good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in him. This is why we were created, was to 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 do what he called us to do. And the truth is, is that as a church here, if we're not operating the way that we're supposed to, there's gonna be people in this community that'll never be reached for Jesus Christ because we didn't do the job we were supposed to do, because we didn't have every part in its place. And the reality is, is that we work together to be more effective. The truth is, is I can't reach everybody. There are people that you'll be able to invite to church, that you'll be able to share the gospel with, that you'll be able to make an impact in your life that I'll probably maybe never even meet, but I certainly wouldn't have the same opportunity. We're created to reach those people. We are created to be lights in this world. And if you haven't noticed it yet, it's starting to get dark outside. And we need to shine brightly for them. In Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. We're to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you were called. You guys want to know how you'd be worthy in the the calling to which you were called? It's actually not even about how well you do it. It's about doing it. If you do it in obedience, then you're walking in a manner worthy to what you have been called. But we're encouraged. Let's go ahead and start walking in what God wants us to do. Amen? And then we'll end here today because now that I've talked about how you should step out there and do it, you need to get involved, you need to do this, I have a, a little bit of a warning for you. In Luke 14, 26 through 33, it says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mothers and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. For whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. The main point that I'm bringing this up is that I want each and every one of you to count the cost. You see, what we're asking you to do is to to fill out that card and say this is where I want to help. And I wish and I hope that every single one of you says, you know what? I want to serve God with everything that I have, but if you're not going to commit to it, if you're not going to count the cost, if you're not going to understand that this is a commitment, it is a sacrifice. You know, what, what he was talking about here, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, and brothers, he's not saying that you have to hate everybody. He says that in comparison to him, it would be like you hated those. Your love for Christ should outweigh your love for everything else so much that if you were to compare them, it would seem like your love for your mother would, would almost be like hate because you love him so much more. And what he's saying is that to serve Him, it's going to be a sacrifice. It might mean you give up your Saturdays. I know we all enjoy our Saturdays, but when we go and do an outreach, you have to give up that Saturday morning. It's a sacrifice. If you want to be on the worship team, we practice on Monday nights, and then we get here at, at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning on, on, on Sundays. We're here a lot more. It's a sacrifice to serve. So before you fill that out, and I hope, I, I, don't get me wrong, I encourage all of you to fill it out, but I want you to count the cost because we need to be able to count on you as well. Know that it's going to be a sacrifice. You're going to have to give up days. You're going to have to give up time. It's going to cost something, but it's worth it. And the truth is, as soon as you say, I'll be there, people are counting on you. People are relying on you. And if you're not there when you're supposed to be there, then somebody is left out trying to cover up that hole that you left. So church, I encourage you to say yes. To put the time in, but do please count the cost. Understand that it's a sacrifice. And ensure that you're willing to make it. Amen? Amen.